The following is part of the teaching ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel in Barrie, Ontario. We believe firmly in proclaiming the Word of God without apology. For more information about our church, visit our website at harvestberry.ca or email us at info at harvestberry.ca. We trust that this message will challenge and transform you. Well, hey, why don't you turn in your Bibles right now to Psalm 43. Psalm 43 is where we're going to be at. This is actually from a, uh, a, a series that uh, we are doing uh, in our church right now, uh, just called The Psalms. Brilliant title, I know. And uh, it is basically from, um, from my own time in God's Word, and just as I've been reading through the Psalms and, and trying to kind of kickstart my heart a little bit and all of that, um, how the Lord has spoken to me. And this is, uh, this is one of those Psalms. I got to preach this uh, in our church uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago uh, or so. Um, but as you're turning there to Psalm 43, um, have you ever experienced um, one of those moments where kind of everything in your life is just kind of going along well, it's all going along smoothly, and then all of a sudden, bam, right, bam, something, something happens, and uh, all of a sudden, your life is flipped completely upside down. And uh, life is different from that day uh, onwards. Maybe for you, it's been like the dreaded phone call, right? The phone call that you received with some bad news on the other end, or, or perhaps it was some kind of a financial crisis and you didn't see that coming and all of a sudden uh, there's trouble for you uh, in your home. Uh, or maybe uh, for you, you know, you've just been uh, watching the news over the last little while and, and as Dan prayed, you know, the, the gun violence and the racism that's happening in the U.S. and, and you're, you're, you're seeing that happening and, and you know, right now you're, you're filled with fear and you sense that welling up maybe because of the color of your skin. Or perhaps it's because of your profession and, and you're a police officer and, and again, you're filled with, with, with anxiety and, and worry and you're wondering, you know, how long, how long before this crosses the border and, and we're dealing with this and this is maybe happening in our town. You know, in those moments, what do you put your hope in? What do you put your hope in? What does your heart and your mind and your emotions, your actions even, what do those things run towards in those moments? You know, do you tend to turn to your own ability to figure things out and to fix things? Or, or maybe you're the kind of person that just likes to throw money at the problem, hope that that solves it, that's going to fix it. Maybe it's some kind of a, a substance that you turn to. It's a drug, it's it's alcohol or it's maybe something a little more, more subtle like TV and I'm just going to numb myself with hours and hours of Netflix or whatever it might be. Okay, or maybe for you, uh, you're like a lot of people where, where there's nothing that brings you hope. There's nothing. And all you're left with is, is this fear in the pit of your stomach, this, the, this panic and, and a sense of despair now, you, you probably know where I'm going with this if you're, if you're thinking ahead already, but, but Christ followers, which many of us would be here in this room, Christ followers are those who learn to anchor their hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. We learn to anchor our hope in him, whether it's a, a big problem like, like some of the ones that I've already mentioned and, and laid out, or, or maybe it's, it's something else. Maybe it's something less severe for you. You know, do we hope in, do we lean into do we rest in the fact that our God is a strong tower? 
Do we rest in that? It's, it's that he's a, our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. That's Psalm 46. That's what it tells us. Well, this morning we're going to take a look at how we can learn to hope in God when all seems lost. As Pastor Dan said, it's a, it's a timely message considering all that uh, is going on in our culture and, and specifically to our neighbors in the South. And, you know, our hearts break for what is going on there. And, and you know, we think about that uh, as well. And of course, we've got our own uh, life issues that we're wrestling with. And, and the message of hope is always, always timely. And so let's read this now. Um, before we pray, Psalm 43, follow along. He says, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me, for you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Lord, we come before you now, Lord, with hearts uh, in various degrees of disarray. Lord, we, we watch the news and our hope crumbles. Lord, we look at our own lives and, and recognize even uh, by your grace that we have idols that we are bowing down to, things that we are trying to put uh, our, uh, our hope in. Um, Lord, things that will, that will fall, things that will come tumbling down in a, in a moment's notice. Lord, would you teach us? Would you have mercy on us this morning, God, and teach us that you are our strong tower, Lord. You are the one that we are to place our hope in, Lord. Would you take our hearts and turn them towards you here today? God, would you fill us with a sense of your strength, Lord, with a sense of, of joy, as this text says, joy in you, regardless of what the circumstances are, Lord. Would our hope be in the matchless name, the mighty name of Jesus Christ, God, help us. We're at, we're at your mercy. Lord, we are weak and we need you. Lord, would we recognize this and cry out to you all the more for hope. We pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, first question. Uh, first thing that we need to ask before we get into uh, your notes here is, is what do we mean by the word hope? Right? What, what do we mean by that word? Because it's a word that we hear all the time. Right? People say things like, you know, I hope it won't rain today. It's a long weekend. You know, or I, I, I hope my kids turn out all right. Right? We, we toss that, that word around uh, a lot. Um, if you were to look at the dictionary uh, definition of the word hope, it's this. Okay, it's to, it's to feel that something desired may happen. I'm going to say that again. To feel that something desired may happen. I've got to be honest with you, that definition doesn't fill me with much hope, right? It, it, it's not that great because those words, those words feel and may, uh, they're, they're pretty vague, aren't they? They're pretty, uh, they're pretty indefinite. Uh, but hey, this is, this is generally speaking how the world looks at this concept of hope. That's how they look at it. You know, it's to wish that something will happen, but with no guarantee that it actually will. 
No, no confidence, no, no assurance that anything will actually turn out. Listen, listen, biblical hope, much different than all of that. Much different, much better. In the Old Testament, the, the word for hope essentially means a trust or, or expectation, as in the Lord can be trusted and, and I can expect that he will keep his promises. That's kind of the, the direction the Old Testament goes with it. In the New Testament, uh, the word is an absolute. It's an absolute. It's a, it's a guarantee without a doubt. It literally means to, to anticipate or expect with pleasure. That's the word there. In other words, a, a Christ follower acting on biblical hope is one who says, I trust you, Lord. I, I, I trust you. I, I know that you are sovereign over this situation. I, I know that you love me and, and I expect that you, that you can and you will come through in your timing when and how you see fit. So hey, does that, that describe the type of hope that you have? Is it, is it rock solid? Is it, is it confident? Is it unshakable? The kind of hope that you have? Or do you tend to approach the Lord with that, that worldly concept of hope? You know, just kind of grasping at straws, just trying to cling to something. You know, maybe this will work out, but, but uh, I, I don't really know. I, I'm not too sure. I kind of doubt it. Probably not. Is that, is that your whole mindset when it comes to hope? Well, when all seems lost, I will hope in God. That's the, you might be asking, well, how? How do we do this? How do we get to that place? Well, here's the first thing, again, in your notes. Follow along. It's by letting him fight my battles. Letting him fight my battles. Take a look at the, uh, the first verse here as we go through this. Just five verses, but just rich and, and packed with, with so much good. Uh, the first verse there says, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. Okay, now obviously here, the psalmist who's writing this, uh, he's, he's pouring out his heart to the Lord in the middle of some kind of difficulty, some kind of, of trial that he's going through. And, and it obviously has something to do with persecution. He's got some enemy that's coming at him and the, and the attack is relentless and it just, it doesn't seem to end and he's crying out to the Lord. And, and it says there that the enemy is treating him deceitfully, treating him unjustly. Okay, but notice how he responds to the problem. Love this. It's by leaning into God. It's leaning into the Lord. Now, what, what could he have done? Right, what, what could he have done? He could have, he could have taken issues into his own hands. For sure, he could have done that. He could have launched some kind of counter-strike, some kind of counter-attack against his, his accusers. He could have issued some kind of a press release and said, no, no, you guys got the story wrong. Let me defend myself here and, and let me take care of this. You know, he could have, he could have taken to, to social media, right? I'm sure all that existed back then. Defend himself. Could have sent some goons to intimidate, right? That sounds like a fun plan. To silence them, right? He could have fought dirty. He could have done any, any types of these things. As far as we can tell, he doesn't do any of that. He doesn't do any of it. He lets, he lets the Lord fight his battle. He brings the issue that he's struggling with directly to the God that he hopes in. That's totally the move to make. And he says here, look at it again, verse one, vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause. All of that is to say, Lord, Lord, you clear my name. The battle belongs to you. You take care of it. You, you support me in the, the hysteria that all of this is causing in my own soul and, and in my life. 
And then he asked the Lord to deliver him. I love that word, deliver him from, from the chaos. And I mean, all of it, all of it shows that the psalmist okay, trusts and believes that the, the Lord can actually do these things. Right? He's like, I, I know you can do it. I believe in you. I trust you. So, hey, when, when all seems lost for you, what do you put your hope in? What or who do you trust to, to fight your battle? Do you tend to just kind of lean into your own abilities, your own strength, your own wisdom to, to get you out of the jam, to restore order to your life? And you're like, I, I gotta be the one who steps up here and, and you kind of go into control freak mode and, and you're grabbing on the reins and you're holding on tight and it's white knuckle time, right? I'm gonna do that. You know, my family's looking to me, my company's looking to me, whatever it might be, I've got to be the one to take this. Well, maybe the Lord's trying to show you that that's not such a great plan. It's a weak plan. Why? Well, because you're weak, right? You're weak. I'm weak. We all are. We, we don't see what God sees. We, we don't have the wisdom that, that he has. We don't have the unlimited strength that, that is his. Okay, we don't really know what's best, right? All of that stuff for us, it, it dries up, it's limited. And hey, listen, I've been thinking about it this way recently. You and I, we have a greater likeliness of, of making the problem worse than we do of fixing it. You realize that? We're just gonna make it worse. And listen, maybe the Lord here this morning, he's trying to humble you. He's trying to show you, listen, you need to, you need to let go of this. You need to let go of this and allow me, who is true strength, who is true wisdom, you need to let me take care of it. Your hope is not best placed in yourself. It's not best placed even in another person. As, as good as people are, and as much as the Lord has brought people, the church around us to support us, if you go to people only, that's not a good game plan either. He's trying to show you that your hope is best placed in him. Okay, perhaps for you, when all seems lost, your go-to move uh, is just to give up. It's just to give up. There's like, there's no fight in you at all. And you easily sink into this, this awful place of, of panic, which, which leads to despair. And that, of course, for those of us who have been there, is, is, a, is a dark place, isn't it? It's a place of, of just awful awfulness, right? And I think as, as we kind of understand that maybe that's our go-to move, I think what it shows us, it reveals about our hearts is that we just don't know God well enough to be able to trust him. I think that's fair, right? We, we, or we haven't experienced the, the, the power of God in our lives uh, in a way that, that we trust him yet, where we see that he really does come through and that he is strong. Maybe it's because we're brand new in the faith and we just haven't quite lived that out yet and we haven't gotten to that place. And maybe you're going through your very first trial and it's your very first difficulty. Or maybe for you, you've been living for the Lord for a long time, but you continue to forget all the good that he has done for you. He continues to come through time and time again. He is faithful. And you're like, you forget about that. And you get your eyes on the circumstances every time. And, and, and hope just starts leaking out of you like a tire with a hole in it. Reveals that we just need, we need to grow in our, in our trust, in, in our faith in Christ, in our belief that, that he really is as awesome as, as the scriptures reveal him to be. Okay, or, or maybe your response is kind of a mixture of those things. You try and take the reins and, and, and control it. And, and then you have a mixture of despair when it doesn't all work out. And it's kind of this, this combo thing. Maybe only as a last resort do you ever cry out to the Lord for help. 
Now, I've tried everything else, Lord, so I might as well kind of throw you a bone too, I guess. Maybe that's it. And I guess I think what that really reveals about our hearts with all of this is that we have probably a, a worldly concept of hope, like I, like I mentioned before, you know, where we just kind of weakly wish that God might do something about this if he feels like it, if he has time, if he's even listening to this prayer. But, but no confidence, no certainty that he actually will. Listen, a biblical hope comes as a result of, of knowing God, of knowing the God of the Bible. Listen, God is strong enough to fight your battles. And a message that we need to hear this morning is that we simply need to let him do it. We need to let him do it. Hey, when all seems lost, I will hope in God. Here's the second thing. While working through the emotional ups and downs, the emotional ups and downs. Now, this is one of the greatest things about the Psalms, in my opinion. I love them. They're so good. It's because they never, they never paint this picture of this, this overly easy, simplistic walk with the Lord. And Lord, forgive me if, or forgive the church if we've ever painted that picture for people. I mean, it seemed like, you know, you come to faith in Jesus and then he grows you and, and life is all roses, right? That's just not the way it is, right? It's difficult and it's, and it's gritty and, and we grind our way through uh, grasping for hope as we struggle. Yeah, and, and Psalm 43 shows us that. It shows that he, he's going to assault our pride, the things that we're holding on to, that we think that we need, that we have our hope placed in, he will, he will cut those things out at the knees to show us that, that he is the only thing worthy of being on the throne of our lives. He'll let us get to the brink of, of utter madness with it sometimes. You notice that? And your emotions are all over the place and it just feels like they've been, they've been put into a blender and the lid's off and you're hitting the button and emotions are spraying out all over the kitchen. Right? That's what it feels like. You just look at how it all plays out here in verse two. It says, for you are the God in whom I take refuge. Now, as you read that, you kind of think, well, hey, that's, you know, that's pretty good, right? He's, he's in a good place. He's, he, he, he's trusting God. He's, he, he's finding refuge in the Lord. That's great. But then look what this says. Look what it says next. Why have you rejected me? Right? Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Now, I'm, I'm not laughing at his pain or anything like that, right? It, it, it's, it's tough. Pain is very real uh, and it hurts. But, it, but it's kind of funny because this is so how we are as well, right? On one moment, he's firing on all cylinders. The next moment, he's like upside down in a ditch on fire, right? It sounds about right for all of us. It's totally us. The, the emotional ups and downs that we experience as we go through this, as we struggle for hope and all of it, intense. It's intense. In half a verse, I love how short it is. In half a verse, he goes from, Lord, I will trust you, to why have you bailed? He's like, he's all, he's all over the map. Now, important question here. Do you think that the Lord has actually rejected him? What do you think? Do you think the Lord has actually rejected him? Well, it's really important, of course, that we have a good understanding of the totality of Scripture and what the Scriptures teach us uh, about the Lord and about ourselves. And I'll just read this one really quickly. It should be well known to, to many of you. Romans 8, 38, 39. Okay, it says this, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to, what? Separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Amen. Right? Once, once truly saved, we are, we are kept by God. Okay? So we don't, we don't lose our salvation. I don't believe that the scriptures teach that at all. And it's because our salvation doesn't depend on us, praise God. Right? It doesn't. It depends on him. It depends on his grace. It depends on what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, securing our salvation for us that we receive by grace through faith. It's not an act of our works at all. Okay, put it this way. If you or I could lose our salvation, we would. Right? We would. We would do it every time because we fail daily, constantly. We would. We would lose it. But God's love towards us never fails. It says here, of course, I just read it, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing, not even ourselves. If we are truly saved, that is. Okay, so here's the thing. Okay, God does not reject us. Hope that's clear in your mind. God doesn't reject us, but it can sometimes feel like he has. Okay, it can sometimes feel like he has. Okay, Spurgeon, perhaps you've heard of him. He's a legend. Okay, so he said this about Psalm 43, verse 2. Okay, he said it's best expressed as, you know, why am I being treated as though I was hated? Yeah, I love that. It's a good way of putting it. That's kind of what the psalmist is saying. Why am I being treated as though you hated me, God? You ever feel like that? Right? Sometimes we cry out to the Lord and we do it over and over again and we're asking for the same thing and God, why won't you, why are you silent? Why won't you just answer my cries now? It can feel like rejection. It can feel like, like, Lord, do you hate me? Do you even care? Feels like it. But the truth, when you consider again what the scriptures say um, as a whole, it teaches us that that's not the truth. God does not hate us. God has not rejected us. He loves us tremendously. Tremendously. And we have to remind ourselves of that because the emotional turbulence, the bumps, the ups and downs, the mess of it all, as we go through all of this, the, the, you know, when all seems lost, it, it can just seem like, it can just feel like such a wild ride. And it is a wild ride. Now, before we move on here to the next thing, I think it's really important that we, we kind of just get to the place, each one of us here individually, get to the place where we accept that emotions are always going to be part of it. They really are. I, I used to find that, I used to think sometimes it'd be so much easier if I just had zero emotion, right? If I was just a robot, if I was a droid or something like that, how much easier would that be? You know, you wouldn't feel. That's not the way the Lord, the Lord created us. He created emotions and, and they are good. And we have to understand that there are going to be good days. There are going to be bad days. There are going to be good moments and bad moments multiple times within a moment, right? That's how it feels. And sometimes I think we have this, this wrong idea that once we grab hold of hope and we feel that flooding our souls again and the Lord is answering us and, and life is good again, we kind of have this, this faulty understanding that we should never lose that again. That's not reality, that's not what happens. We all have a flesh. We all have sin. We live in a broken and fallen world where, where we're going to grapple with these things. We're going to lose sight of hope. We're going to get our eyes off of the Lord and onto our circumstances. And so, again, grappling with the emotional ups and downs, this is going to be part of life. We all need to work through it. We need to adjust our expectations. Emotions are here to stay. I always have been, always will be. Third thing. Third thing, when all seems lost, I will hope in God as his truth leads me closer to him. Verse three, take a look here. I love this. He says, send out your light and your truth. Underline that. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. 
Again, we just talked about how sometimes it feels like God has rejected us, but in reality, he has not. And it all goes to show us the danger of following our emotions. Right? I know you've heard this uh, before. Um, you know, I've said already that emotions are a part of it, and we know that. Um, but we need to understand that they have their place. Right? And you've heard Pastor Todd say this. I remember him saying this multiple times. It's been so helpful for me, and I've been able to teach this to our church, and it's been so great. But you've heard this great line that truth leads and emotions follow. Truth leads and emotions follow. And what that means is that we can never really trust that our emotions are grounded in reality. We can't trust that they are because we feel things about things that aren't even true. And so we can't follow those. We can't allow our emotions to lead. And if we do that, if we allow how we feel to dictate the decisions that we make, we're headed for trouble. Let me give you an example from my own life. I remember as a, as a young Christ follower, um, kind of growing up with this feeling that God was always disappointed in me. You know, when I pictured the Lord, I pictured him just kind of shaking his head in disappointment at all the times that I messed up. And, and that started that, that, that feeling that I had, that emotion that I have, I allowed that to dictate what I believed was true about God. And I believed that he was a cold, distant, and difficult to please taskmaster. That's what I felt about him. And I allowed these, these emotions and wrong beliefs to lead me towards legalism, where I, I tried to earn God's favor through my performance. So if I read my Bible in the morning and I managed to pray and I got all that in, I felt like, all right, it's going to be a good day. I've got my stamp of approval from God. But if I slept in, which happened all the time as a young adult, right? All the time. If I slept in, I was like, oh man, the Lord must be upset. I, I didn't get to read. I didn't get to pray. And, and this is going to be a bad day. And that's, that's honestly, that's how I felt. Okay, we need to allow God's truth to, to lead our thinking and our beliefs and, and our actions and our responses. And as that happens, what's, what, what's going to take place here is that our emotions ultimately, eventually, okay, fall in line behind the truth. Those two, those two things sync up properly where they belong. And so for me, what ended up happening is I started to study scripture more. And I started to sit under great teaching and I started to attend Harvest Oakville way back years ago and started to sit under teaching of God's word and understanding the gospel and what, what the Lord was, was at, what he actually felt about me through the gospel. And again, my, my emotions started to, to line up where they should. I realized that God loves me based on Christ, not based on me. And it just, it, it allowed me to just breathe, right? And in my hope, started to, be squarely rooted in him. Okay, in verse three, take a look. He says here, send out your light and your truth. I got you to underline that word truth. That's your second chance to do it. Okay, it says there, uh, let them lead me. Let them lead me. And then look what happens as truth leads. He says, let them, let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God my God. Okay, so you see that as, as, as truth leads the psalmist, he's led where? Towards God. He's led towards God, towards a, a closer, more, more intimate walk with him, to a, to a deeper relationship, and, and towards the hope that God provides. Okay, emotions leading will eventually lead you away from God every time. Every time. Because they're not necessarily grounded in reality. Further away from what's true further away from the hope that you're crying out for, the hope that you desire. And so learn to, to cultivate a heart, a love for the truth. 
Okay, you've heard that before a lot. Cultivate a heart and a love for the truth. And if you don't have that, if you're like, Lord, I, I don't really feel like being in your word and I know that your word is truth and I know that my soul needs this. Would you just pray? Would you ask him for that? He, he wants that. Just admit to him that you don't care. Ask him to meet you in that place and start to well up a desire, well up a heart that loves him, loves his word and loves truth. And that all of it would ultimately lead to a greater delight in God himself. A last thing here. When all seems lost, I will hope in God, coaching myself through any further turmoil. Through any further turmoil. Take a look at verse five here. Okay, he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation in my God. Now you might be thinking, well, hold on a second, Mike. I thought we were done talking about the emotional turmoil, right? I thought the emotional ups and downs was like part two or point two. And, and now we're into point four and we're done that. And I'm sick of talking about emotions. I mean, there's more, there's more to come. There's more ups and downs. Sometimes, right? Sometimes there is. And again, I love it because this psalm, it pulls no punches about it. You see the back and forth that this, that this, this psalmist goes through. He's like, I'm gonna, you know, I, I hope in you. And then, you know, why have you rejected me? And why is my soul cast down? And, you know, trust the Lord. He says back and forth like crazy. That's what happens to us. Here's what I really want to focus on here. And this is huge. Can you notice how the psalmist here, he, he talks sense to himself. He talks sense to himself. He says, he says why are you cast down, O my soul? Okay, why are you in turmoil within me? Okay, so he, he acknowledges the chaos within, which is so great, but he takes it, a, uh, takes it a step further then, and he says this. He says, hope in God. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Man, I love that. I, I, I love it. Because he's, he's giving himself a pep talk, isn't he? He's giving himself a pep talk. He's like, he's slapping himself awake. He's like, he's like, don't let your emotions and the chaos of all of that lead you astray. He's like, hope in your God, man. Right? He's speaking to himself. He refuses to, to allow his soul to wallow. He won't give in to this, this woe is me attitude. He's like, no, I'm going to coach myself. I'm going to coach myself through this. And I love the line that, um, that Paul Tripp uh, said here. I don't think I'm going to get it word for word, but but he said something along the lines of, of, no one is more influential in your life than you are because no one speaks to yourself more than you do. Right, what a fantastic line. It's so true. We speak to ourselves big time. The big question for us is what message are we giving ourselves? What are we giving ourselves? We're like, man, my life is the worst and this is terrible and God doesn't love me and this is awful and nothing's gonna work out. Is, is, that, the, is that the strain of your message? Or you're like, no, I'm going to reject that negativity. I'm going to reject that falsehood. I'm going to reject falling into the lies and the traps of the evil one in my flesh. And I'm going to hope in truth, even if I'm not feeling it. Because I know the feeling is going to come later. The emotions will fall in line with it behind there. The psalmist here realizes that it's good and right for him to hope in God because God is his salvation. So hey, do you do that? Do you coach yourself through the challenges of all of this? As again, you feel like you're in the middle of the blender with the lid off and it is a, it is a mess. It is a disaster. Are you, are you fighting for hope in God? I love, how, I love how the psalmist reminds himself of his salvation. Doesn't it always come back to the gospel? 
It always does. It always comes back to what Christ has done for us on the cross. It's a, it's a reminder to us that we already have everything that we need in him. We already have everything. We've got the forgiveness of our sins through Christ, right? The, the wrath of God is no longer pointed in our direction. Amazing, right? We've got heaven waiting for us. We've got the promise of a transformed life. All of that is happening. It's happening slowly, slow, more slow than we would like it to happen. But we've got all of it. We've actually got God himself, right? The greatest thing in all of the universe we have. We are his, he is ours. If, okay, big if, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, you have all of those things and more. Now, if you are sitting here today and you would admit, you know what, I, 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 don't, I don't know Christ. And I, I don't know about this whole church thing. I don't know about God. I know that I'm not a Christian. Let me ask you this all-important question. What is your hope in? When you strip everything away, what is it that your soul is anchored to? What is your soul longing for? What is your hope in? Is it for you today that society will just figure it out and snap to it and pull it all together and at some point we're all just gonna get along? Is your hope in that society will improve and ultimately we're heading towards that. And you, you look at CNN and you're watching CBC and you're, you're seeing what's happened um, in, in Dallas. You're seeing what's happening in Louisiana and in Minnesota. And you're like, man, you know, why can't we just get along? And, and your hope is that, that at some point the world is going to turn and it's, it's going to get better. Listen, newsflash for you, it's not going to get better. It's not. I hate to say it. But it's not. We, we, have, we have the whole story here in Scripture. We know the end of it. We know that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Your hope cannot be in something like that. Maybe your hope is in, is in money. And if I can just make more of it, everything's going to be good. If, if I can just have that relationship, that, that, that special person, then my life is going to have, going to have meaning and I'm going to feel complete and, and all of that. Listen, none of those things, none of those things will satisfy you. All it takes is looking at like celebrities and athletes and people that have all the money. They've got the supermodel wife. They've got, they've got everything that they could ever want and they're miserable. Right? And, and they're constantly searching for more and they end up going to drugs because those things are not enough. Jesus Christ is the only hope. He is the only hope. And do you realize here this morning that he created you to have him be the thing that satisfies you? And you can, the great news, I've just given you a lot of bad news. The great news is that you can have him be that thing that satisfies you right now. It comes when, it comes when you understand that your sin has separated you from God. Your sin has separated you from him. God is a holy God. He created you to be in a relationship with him. But it all went sideways with Adam and Eve. And, and since them, since they disobeyed, we all have sin in our hearts. And our hearts and, our, and, our, and the sin in our hearts have, have, have created a chasm, have, have created a, a wedge between us and God that none of our good deeds, none of our moralism can fix. None of it can. And God knew that. And God said, you know what? I don't want them to spend an eternity in hell. That's going to be a place of misery forever. 
And, and so I, 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 because I love them, I'm gonna, I'm gonna engage in this rescue plan for them. I'm gonna send my son, Jesus, who didn't deserve it. He was perfect. He was sinless. He's a spotless lamb. He's gonna go as a sacrifice for mankind once and for all to the cross to pay the price for their sins. Do you know that? Do you realize? Do you realize that that was for you this morning? That was for you. And again, it comes back to this. Would you recognize, would you admit, would you confess your sin to the Lord and realize that that was all against him? Recognize that he wants to forgive you if you would do that. And realize that, that Christ, everything that Christ did on the cross was enough to secure your salvation. He has wiped away your sins. He has removed the barrier between you and God where you can know him, where this hope that we've been talking about this morning can, can, can begin to flood your soul, begin to, to transform your mind and your thinking and your actions as well. Listen, if you have any questions about that, what it means to, to know God, please come talk with one of us. Come talk to Pastor Dan, one of the leaders uh, up here after the service. Uh, we would love to walk you through that. When all seems lost, I will hope in the Lord. He guaranteed there are a bunch of people here wrestling today for hope. You're, you're struggling through the grind of it all. And it's bleak. And some of you, I know, because I've talked to so many people at our church as well and, and all of that, but some of you didn't even want to come here today. And you're thinking, what is, what is gonna, God going to have for me today? What's the point? You know, and you'd rather just like stay in bed. Right? I get it. I've been there. I've, I've felt that way. Maybe the Lord is trying to show you here that he's worthy to be trusted. He's worthy to have your hope placed in him. Keep struggling through it. Keep grinding Keep pleading. Don't give up. Don't give up. He is there. He is faithful and he will do it. Let's pray. Lord, I want to pray specifically for those right now who are feeling uh, particularly that they're in a, a place of, of despair. Lord, that is a dark place, Lord, as we've mentioned. Lord, is a place where hope feels like it's a million miles away thinking about the word hope feels like a million miles away. And so Lord, would you have mercy on these folks right now, Lord? Would you, would you show us that you are there? Would you show us that you are good? Would you show us that you are worthy of our hope, Lord? Lord, we recognize that, that, we, that we need you to break through the crust of, of anxiety and fear, Lord, the, the crust of anger that we have when we see the news. Lord, we need you to, to do a mighty work in us. So God, we lean into you, Lord. We cry out to you. We plead with you, Lord, to do it, Lord. Would you please? Would you raise up this church? Would you raise up individuals here to shine the light of Christ, Lord? That you would be glorified, Lord. That's what we want. We want Jesus Christ to get the glory in all of this. It's in his powerful name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. We always love hearing about the work God's doing in our listeners. If God's been doing a work in you, send us an email at info at And remember, you are loved.